What does filmed for IMAX mean? It isn't just a movie that'll look great on IMAX's screens. It means that hiding from a sandstorm feels like fear in every flicker. And every triumph is felt in every sound wave. And the things we've only imagined, you can truly experience those too. That's what filmed for IMAX means. Get tickets to Experience Dune Part 2 now and IMAX's exclusive expanded aspect ratio. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. In a world where every conversation is about what movie or TV show you've just seen, this is Never Seen It. Comedians rewriting famous movies and TV shows they've never seen. What is up, everybody? This is Never Seen It. I'm your host, Kyle Ayers. This is the podcast where comedians rewrite famous movies they've never seen before. On today's episode, the very funny Emily Heller is here. Emily is just an incredibly talented comedian. She is a writer for HBO's Barry. And the best, just as, as great and as funny a person as there is. Emily has never seen Boogie Nights, but she rewrote it. And we read her Boogie Nights script. Um, I'm excited for this. We were back on Zoom on this one. This is before the studio opened, just so you know. But we're, you know, we're back in studio here going on out. Hopefully, safety pending. You know, everything is touch and go. What does touch and go even mean? Everything is touch and go? T- I don't know what that means, but that's what it is. Anyways, we're over Zoom. One of the good parts about being on Zoom is we were able to actually have the incredibly funny Josh Gondelman join us uh, all the way from New York. So it's just all around wonderful. Amazing, good Marky Mark impression from Josh. Emily's script is the best. It's just a wonderful time. You know, we got games, we're hanging out. Uh, we're doing that. So I hope you guys are having a wonderful day. Please enjoy the episode. Find us on YouTube. I'm putting full episodes up there. We got Henry's entire episode. We got my entire episode. We're all going all the way up on there. Please find us on YouTube. We are never seen it on YouTube. I, why do I say YouTube like a boomer? Find me on the YouTubes. Uh, we're up there. com slash never seen it. Find us on Patreon. Never seen it. And uh, Instagram. And we're doing reels and all that stuff. You know, I'm just trying to have some fun. Make some videos. Content creation. Anyways, Emily Heller has never seen Boogie Nights. Please enjoy it. She rewrote it with myself, with Josh Gondelman. Thank you so much for listening. This has never seen it. Hey, everybody. This has never seen it, the podcast where I have comedians rewrite famous movies they've never seen before. Today, you know, having never seen Boogie Nights, uh, joining us is Emily Heller. Thank you for being here. <laughs> Hello. Thank you for having me. Of course. Uh, and also joining us, who I'm just going to take a shot in the dark and say, who has seen Boogie Nights is Josh Gondelman. <laughs> I have seen Boogie Nights. Thank you for, for having me on your show, of despite course. having seen a movie. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> Uh, this is a movie I've also seen. What generally we start is like, not why haven't you? Because most people haven't seen. Mo- you know, there's many things. But uh, is there any is there any reason you haven't? Is there like a I don't like P.T. Anderson? Is there like a I don't 
It's hard for so, me to see a 25-year-old making a movie. <laughs> so that, oh wait, was he 25 when yeah. he made this movie? Yes. Oh, that pisses me off. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> it's well, a frustrating okay. fact. I will start by saying, I can't believe it's taken you this long to ask me to do the podcast because the list of movies <laughs> I haven't seen is so long. You did have a lot. Oh, I wish I, uh, that's, let me see if I, I mean, have that And handy. I just sent you a small thing and I tried to find at one point when I lived in New York, I wrote out, I think it was just like back when I had a Tumblr, I made a Tumblr post of like, here are the 80 movies that people yell at me for having oh, not wow. seen. Like, yeah. I'm one of those people who just hasn't seen most things. Yeah. Um, I also am like that. Really? Yeah. I did yeah. see this with my parents when they had a free weekend of HBO. <laughs> a free weekend of HBO? And they were like, okay, well, we're planning it. We're definitely going to watch Boogie Nights. Okay, like, right. <laughs> it's what's on. This is pre-Netflix. This movie is all of HBO. All the content parents are worried about their kids seeing on HBO put together mm -hmm. in one movie. Yeah. Yep. Sex, drugs, violence. Wahlberg. <laughs> <laughs> the big four. What, what year did this movie come out? I, I want to say like 93 or something like that. No, it was later no. than that. I think well, it was, it was like 97, right? it says. 97. I feel like 93, he was still part of Marky yeah, Mark like and the rapping. Funky Bunch or yeah. whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um... Yeah, so I was too young for it when it came out, and then it was just like, okay, well, now I have to find my way back to it. Um... Yeah, I just... I'm a TV person more than a movie person. It's really hard for me to motivate to watch a movie. Okay, but can you, like, rattle off, like, three TV, like, a movie's length worth of TV pretty easily? What do you mean? Like, can you watch, like, three episodes of TV in oh, one sitting? easily, yes, yeah. yeah. Oh, definitely, yeah. And it's not it's not the time commitment. It's the commitment to getting to know a new character. Oh, okay. You yeah, know? that makes sense. I watched uh, both episodes of the premiere of Better Call Saul, which is, I love that show. And right. I watched, that's two hours and 25 minutes worth of TV. And I think my girlfriend was like, are you still watching this? I'm like, it's only like a 40 minute show. And I, I paused it. And no, it's two hour and five minute episodes of a show. And I convinced myself it was one 40 minute episode of television. Yeah. No, I mean the number of everybody loves Raymond episodes I can watch in a row is seemingly limitless. Sure. Um, I, yeah. I just got into, I'd never seen SVU ever. Oh shit. And she loves SVU. And yeah. so I am now... It's I, so easy to watch. I looked up dumbest episodes of SVU, and oh, there's yeah. just really good threads. And I watched an episode where a monkey was being uh, smuggled <laughs> inside of a basketball. And it's like... <laughs> They really... That is a, to be fair, that is a very special victim. Yeah, it is. It is. Like, the, the, this one. The, that was the weapon. In, in the criminal justice victim, in the criminal justice system, crimes against Gibbons are especially heinous. <laughs> it is really fun to watch, like, the ones that are barely about anything SVU, where they're just like, we'll call SVU in for this. Yeah. And like, why? And like, well, the guy was killed by a tiger. In that episode, Big Boy got mauled by a tiger, and then they, like, stumbled into a gibbon <laughs> smuggling ring and, and they're remember. like uh, you can see the tiger's penis at some right, point exactly. it makes it a sex crime <laughs> we, thought yeah, a we thought tiger was a metaphor for a little while we just thought it was a very promiscuous person and oh yeah this no. is a tiger in the sack and out of the sack <laughs> oh we thought it was a cougar that is sort of like bordering on yeah. statutory but they really are 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 I don't even know why that's a crime. That's just like a cool kid. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> He's a tiger in the sheets now. and a gibbon in the streets is what they were looking for. I also really like the episodes where it's clearly clear what it's about. 
And then they show the slide like four times. Like no one in this is, it's not based on anyone. And you're like, but the guy's name is like Jekyll Maxson. And you're like, really? This is this is not based on anybody. This is just the singer who loves kids on a Ferris wheel. Wait a minute, well, and then the, the other thing, the Crosby show. <laughs> the Will other Crosby? thing that they do they do on those episodes is they're like, oh, looks like we have a Michael Jackson on our hands. I know. Like they'll like, just say <laughs> the name of the person that they're parodying. No, to be I don't like, want to get in trouble for parodying. Take it again, Ice. Ice, yeah. you can't say that. Take it again. <laughs> We got a real Epstein situation. You're like, well, this is the episode about him. Yeah. I bet you do. There's actually an episode where like a maybe pedophile ring person get, hangs themselves in their cell and they're like, this is a lot like, like this exactly. reminds yeah. me of that. And Jeffrey it's like, Epstein wait, so in this world, Jeffrey Epstein exists. And this guy. <laughs> and this and they're guy. The same, they do the same things. That's weirder. It's like a copycat criminal. It is it's weirder. A- <laughs> it it's also like when on like 30 Rock they'll like they'll talk about Steve Martin and then Steve Martin's mm-hmm. in the show like someone <laughs> yeah. else. And I'm like, I don't know what world I'm in anymore. Right. <laughs> and it's like no one ever remarks that that guy looks exactly like Steve Martin. <laughs> that was always the biggest stretch was in Ocean's 12 when Julia Roberts plays a woman who was posing as Julia Roberts at a museum. <laughs> well, I have not seen <laughs> oh, that movie, but a, that sounds great. <laughs> it is a movie where like great. it's really really fun but nothing actually is even it makes like the other bank rob Ocean's movies look feasible. Where they're like robbing eight <laughs> casinos in seven minutes, but oh. in this one they're just like, "How are we going to sneak into this museum?" And then they—it's apparently been a joke amongst all of George Clooney's coworkers that his wife looks like Julia Roberts, and so they're like, "What if she pretends to be uh. Julia Roberts?" But Julia Roberts was apparently pregnant at the time, so she puts a pillow under her shirt and like, but then she runs into actual Bruce Willis, and actual Bruce Willis is like, "Hey, Julia, how are the kids?" It's like. <laughs> It's like, insane this is to, like, impossible steal to follow. Egg. It's all to steal an egg. <laughs> is it a fa- it's egg. a Fabergé egg, I'm assuming. Of course. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I would love to be the screenwriter who's brought in to write the Ocean's movie to make the other ones look feasible. Like, your job is to write one that makes so little sense that the <laughs> we, other ones look. They, it doesn't, there's no casinos. They're stealing a Fabergé egg from a museum, and then I know you... Spoiler, once once the movie starts, they already have stolen it, and everything (laughs) in the movie happens off-screen before the movie. And at the end, the egg is stolen, and they're like, we actually already stole it on the train. And you're like, well, the train was in the credits at the beginning. So, I... Because in... That's also the like reservoir dog structure in terms of like the heist already happened and now here we are. But you're saying in this one, you don't know that. You don't know that until the end where they're like, actually, we stole it earlier in the movie. They're pretending to do a whole heist even though they already have it. Why didn't you tell me? I'm the audience. I I won't tell Andy Garcia. I promise. (laughs) I don't even know him. He's not here. I'm the only one seeing this movie for clear reasons. So is Andy Garcia also playing himself? <laughs> I don't know. He owns casinos. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. He was in the first one. And Number the, 11. And the third one. Oh, man. In the third one, he hires them to rob a bigger casino. <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> 
it's insane when I say it all out. They're like, you know who would really, you know who has money, who knows we're good at stealing? The guy we stole from. Here's the thing. It's like, you can make one good movie and then they'll let you make as many bad movies as you want oh, after yeah. that. Oh, yeah. And that seems like such a good deal to me. I think yeah, that, that sounds the, so fun. The Ocean's yeah. movies especially tell you in the title how many famous people are going to be in them. <laughs> 11, and then 12, and then 13, and then 8. Which yeah. eight was such a fun swing where they were like, we're going to leave room for two sequels. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to get back to before 11. Because yeah. yeah. then it's Ocean's 11 too. <laughs> and they can only have odd numbers of people in it. Yeah. I would love Oceans 11 too, which looks like Oceans 112. So someone's just like, I have no, not that's kept Oceans, up. Oceans 112, where the R&B group 112 does that. <laughs> Oceans 311. Uh, Oceans uh, 911. Oceans 911. The job they pull in that one is like way You're not rooting for them in that one. Mark Wahlberg would just stop the whole thing from happening if he was there. <laughs> <laughs> that is my favorite that's my favorite thing anyone's ever said I really like is that he would have stopped 9-11 if he had been on one of the planes <laughs> it's so it's like what do you expect people's reaction to that to be to be like thank you so much we know thank Mark. you for thank you for Almost stopping 9-11, but you weren't on the right plane. It feels <laughs> like every movie he's chosen to be in since then was to try and prove he could have stopped it. <laughs> yeah, just or just to like deter other people from doing future bad things. Like, you know, in the future, I'm going to be here. If you do another one of those, this guy, he's going to stop you. <laughs> It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. What's up, folks? Uh, Taking an ad out on my own podcast, just so I can let you know about, uh, once again, these upcoming dates I have for my Hard to Say show. March 22nd, I'm in Denver. March 24th, I'm in Boulder, Colorado. And March 27th, Fort Collins, Colorado. If you're there, if you know anyone there, it would mean the world to me if you let people know about this. Uh, I'm going to be doing more shows as well. Seattle, Portland, Santa Cruz, Bay Area, look out for that. But if, if you could please let people know the 22nd, 24th, and 27th, I'm going to be in Denver, Boulder, and Fort Collins doing comedy about my experience living with trigeminal neuralgia, uh, a.k.a. suicide disease. This is a show I've been working out uh, for a while that, that has been extremely fulfilling and uh, wonderful, uh, you know, despite not being good feeling physically. Um you know, I know I harp about it a lot and all this stuff going on with my medical situation. This has been sort of my coping and my reason for continuing. So I have, uh, uh, I'm excited to finally do it somewhere else other than Los Angeles. So please, if you're in Denver, Boulder, Fort Collins, go to kyleayers.com slash shows. 
K-Y-L-E-A-Y-E-R-S.com slash shows. Uh, I have a mailing list you can sign up for there as well. It'll let you know when I'm in your area. That's the best stuff you could do to possibly support me would be that sort of thing there. Thank you very much. Um, I hope this was a, I hope I uploaded this ad properly to my own show. I, I mean, honestly, Lifetime, he, on the record, he may have committed more violent crimes than he's averted. Yeah, I yeah. mean, yes, that's, I mean, we don't know that he's averted any of them. Right. <laughs> so aside from it's his one own, nil, there's probably least. a bunch of ones he wanted to do that he didn't because someone was watching. <laughs> that definitely right. does not count. Like, I would have stopped 9-11 by not doing 9-11. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I actually had been planning my own. <laughs> but then I was like, I was like, wait, I got to be on the plane? No, thank you. <laughs> I got I'm, I got a fear of heights that stopped me from stopping 9-11. <laughs> I'm not well, going to yeah, be on that so plane. I got to wake up at 4 a.m. to do setups. <laughs> Part of the reason why I chose Boogie Nights of the many options of movies that I sent you, because I also said yeah. there will be blood mm-hmm. and like... Sixth there's a Sense, bunch of- Dark Knight, any Marvel movie except Black Panther, <laughs> yeah. Million Dollar Baby. <laughs> yeah, uh, all of those were, were options. But part of the reason why I chose Boogie Nights is because I happened to see a review someone posted of that new um like super religious movie that Mark Wahlberg's in where he plays like a Father boxer who, yeah father stew is it's about like a boxer who becomes a priest i'm assuming mm-hmm. yeah. um <laughs> which is just like also amazing that he hasn't been in that movie yet before this one it seems like <laughs> he, had to, he would like, have gotten there this movie so, so that he could be in. <laughs> but so in some like part of what I was reading was that, like, you know, he's gotten, like, way more Catholic recently, mm-hmm. and um, he <laughs> had said about Boogie Nights, and this is one of two things I know about Boogie Nights, is that he has, like, asked God to forgive him for doing Boogie Nights. <laughs> God said no. Yeah. <laughs> God, Most you know, if God was on the plane, it would have gone down a little different. <laughs> You know, I know there is no God. It's because he didn't put Mark Wahlberg on that plane to stop <laughs> no, right there. Come on, Geo Single D. <laughs> I'm an atheist because Mark Wahlberg didn't stop It's that not that it happened. It's that he had the answer to prevent it because there was another God making it happen. So it's also, <laughs> right. I honestly, I think if if God were really serious about being good and loving, God would have sent Mark Wahlberg back to stop the Holocaust with a Wallacost. <laughs> <laughs> That's where Mark Wahlberg goes back in time to kill Hitler. He would have punched Hitler and said, it's Wahlberg. Yeah. Yeah, wait, is he Jewish? He's the least Jewish person no, yeah. ever. There's no I was gonna way. Say. I don't know what it was. I don't know why I feel so confident going, there's no way. <laughs> sounds so mean. There's no way. It's, there it's really impossible. is no way. I would um, bet if you were to be like, who's closer to being Jewish, Mark Wahlberg or Louis Farrakhan? I know who <laughs> I would choose. <laughs> yeah, I know who Mark Wahlberg would pick too. <laughs> okay, so uh, the so other reason I, I sort of worked a little bit backwards from that. So here are the two things I know about Boogie Nights. Um, I've heard one line from it, which I did put in the script, mm-hmm. and then. I know that Mark Wahlberg felt compelled to ask God for forgiveness <laughs> for doing this movie. 
and that it's in the 70s and it's about porno. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, That's what I know. So let us know. It's a pretty strong starting point. It is a good starting point. (laughs) Okay. So, Josh, I would like you to play Dirk. Yeah. I kind of um, have been this whole podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I I made Josh come on because I knew I needed a Boston accent. For sure. Oh, it's um, not Dirk Nowitzki? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it and... would have been so funny if his poor name was Dirk Nowitzki. <laughs> Big German. In the 90s, like before he was in the NBA. <laughs> um, Kyle, will you play Busty Blonde? Yep. George Clinton and security guard. And I will be playing John C. Riley. Nice. <laughs> and I guess reading the stage directions. Great. Okay. So. Um, all right. Whenever you're ready. All right. Welcome to Boogie Nights. Okay. Exterior, Los Angeles, day, the 1970s. Los Angeles, California. We see the hills, the Hollywood sign, but it's the 1970s, so the smog, like the pubic hair of the time, is thicker than we're used to. This is foreshadowing. (laughs) We're going to see pubes later in the movie. (laughs) A bus winds its way across the grapevine. It says Boston to L.A. Express on it. Interior bus, day, same time. In the bus, various Boston stereotypes smoke cigarettes inside without issue. In the very back of the bus, Dirk Goodboy, Marky Mark, looks out the window. A busty blonde stranger sitting next to him leans over him to get a better view. He's visibly scandalized by her jugs. <laughs> What's the first thing you're going to do in my fair city? Probably hit up a Dunkin' Donuts, then become a movie star. <laughs> Hate to burst your bubble, Dirk, but L.A. isn't going to get a Dunkin' until 2014. <laughs> well, Dirk's, dang. Fa- oh, Dirk's face drops. Well, dang. Guess I'll do the movie star thing first, then. <laughs> he tosses his cigarette out the window. It lands in the shrubbery outside a Catholic church. Moments later, the entire cathedral is up in flames. The lighthearted funk of Boogie Shoes by Casey and the Sunshine Band kicks in. Title card, Boogie Nights. <laughs> Exterior Hollywood Boulevard, day, a little later. We see Man's Chinese Theater on Hollywood Boulevard. In front, tourists take pictures with street performers. But instead of the Iron Man and Dora the Explorer costumes we'd see today, all the characters outside are dressed like scrawny Adam West-style Batmans, Batman, and Laverne and Shirley. (laughs) (laughs) Nearby, the bus from before empties itself of its passengers. The busty blonde steps out, followed by Dirk. For the first time, we see his crotch. Even if he weren't wearing super tight bell bottoms, it'd be obvious he's smuggling a salami down there. Well, thanks for making that a nice ride, Dirk. She winks, then caresses his bulge. Whoa, what are you doing? What do you think I'm doing? I've got no idea. I'm a virgin. For now. (laughs) Well, you won't be for long. Not in Tinseltown, but hey. She hands him a card. It reads, Boogie Nights, every Friday at the Hollywood Swingers Lounge. If you're serious about breaking into the movies, you should come see my work. I'll be dancing. The place is crawling with era-appropriate execs. MGM, (laughs) Paramount, Pan Am, all the big players. I'll think about it. Fade to exterior Hollywood street, night. Dirk emerges from a donut shop with a fresh glazed donut. He takes a bite, then spits it out and throws the entire thing in the gutter. He looks across the street and sees, to his surprise, the Hollywood Swingers Lounge. It's a sign. 
Interior swingers lounge a little later. Dirk walks through the club, wide-eyed. It's a real sexy vibe. The busty blonde is up on a platform in go-go boots doing that dance where you hold your nose and pretend you're underwater. (laughs) Parliament Funkadelic is on stage. George Clinton grabs the mic. Welcome to Boogie Nights. (laughs) Dirk looks around. There's a VIP section full of directors. He knows they're directors because they're sitting in those director chairs. (laughs) (laughs) He tries to enter, but it's roped off. He tries to climb over the rope, but one of the directors sees him, snaps his fingers, and a big Goonie security guard stops him. Oh, yeah, this section is for the biz. Are you in the biz? Not yet, but... Then scram. (laughs) Dirk walks away dejected. The busty blonde, she's not getting a name, sees him and waves him over to her platform. Dirk, you made it. I was just leaving. Stay! I want to introduce you to my friend. He's a director. John C. Riley appears. Uh, This the guy you were telling me about? Yep, John C. Riley. (laughs) Meet Dirk Goodboy. (laughs) (laughs) John C. Riley shakes Dirk's hand. Show me what you got, kid. Right here? John C. Riley nods. Nervously, Dirk turns his back on John and the boob lady. He, re- <laughs> he reaches down his pants, pulls something out, then turns around. He's holding a skull. To be or not to be? That is the question. Whether tis no blood? John C. Riley rolls his eyes. Not your acting, kid. The tube. Pull out the tube. What? No. <laughs> Come on, Dirk. I know you got a honker. Don't embarrass me. Dirk storms off, flustered and angry. Interior bathroom, moments later. Dirk pulls up to the urinal, furiously unzips his pants, and pulls out his penis, using both hands to aim it. He starts pissing. Inside the urinal, we see his pee splashing all over a photo of the Pope. (laughs) (laughs) He hears a voice behind him. Holy pocket python, Batman. Our booby friend wasn't lying. Reveal John C. Riley has snuck up behind Dirk. Dirk, startled, stuffs his dick back in his pants. Down near his knee, a piss stain starts to spread. (laughs) Look, I didn't come to Hollywood to show people my privates. Right, you came here to be a star. That's right. If I could just get past those velvet ropes. John C. Riley chuckles. (laughs) His shirt is unbuttoned all the way down to his belly button, but he still retrieves a hidden lanyard with a pass on it. (laughs) It reads, VIP Director's Lounge. If only you knew someone who could get you in there. Dirk gasps and reaches for the pass. John C. Riley swats his hand away. First, you gotta do something for me. What? John C. Riley tips his shades. A porno. A sex movie? I can't be in a porno. I'm a virgin. Ooh, baby, that's even better. No, I don't want to pop my cherry with some stranger on camera. Suddenly, the busty blonde kicks the door open. What if it wasn't a stranger? The busty blonde caresses Dirk's chest. Dirk gulps. I don't know. Look, I know it's scary, but look at those beautiful tits. And I know you can't see it now, but under those hot pants is a bush that belongs in a pussy museum. (laughs) Now close your eyes. Dirk closes his eyes. John C. Riley puts a hand on his shoulder and leans in close. Now picture ramming that thing, <laughs> diggling around in there, those big old boobs flying around, slapping together. I know your head is saying no, but what does your Johnson have to say? We pan down to find out what his Johnson has to say. <laughs> Dirk's giant penis hardens and rips out of his pants. We see it for the first time, full frontal. It's quite the hog. It's just one movie. 
You're gonna have to screw sometime anyway. Why not screw so hard that all your dreams come true? In his mind, Dirk sees the director's VIP area. His giant penis lifts up the velvet rope, tossing it aside. (laughs) All the directors look at him impressed, even Francis Ford Coppola. He snaps back to reality. I'll do it. All right, Dirk, good boy. It's a deal. Ah, I can't use my real name. I'll have to use a stage name. Uh, How about Dirk Diggler? It's perfect. Welcome to the porn business, Dirk Diggler. Hail Satan. He holds his hand out. After a long beat, Dirk shakes it. Hail Satan, indeed. John C. Riley and the busty blonde exit. Dirk grabs his own penis and delivers the only line I've heard from the movie. You're a star. You're a star. You're a big fucking star. The end. (laughs) It does have a good soundtrack. (laughs) I listened to the soundtrack a little bit while I was writing it to try and get in the mood. Yeah. To sort of feel the vibe. I don't know if that's cheating or not. It is no, not I cheating. Think... I think you, you kind of nailed it. Did I? I okay, yeah. How accurate, how accurate was this? <laughs> Pretty good. <laughs> you know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'd say, I'd say you pretty much got it. I don't know what, what else happened. <laughs> I don't want to give it away. <laughs> it's a pretty new movie still. You could go check it out. Yeah, I, could, free. I should. Uh, should, I, should I see the movie? Yeah, it's pretty good. Okay. It's good. It's a bummer, but it's good. I will say, like, wait, so I did see Phantom Thread, and I like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I haven't seen There Will Be Blood, but what's the other Paul Thomas Anderson movie that I hated? The one? Magnolia? The Master? No, I haven't seen that. Uh, I was a little bored by The Master, and I didn't finish it. Um, I want to say Inherent Vice. Did he do that? Yes. Inherent Vice. Yeah, I didn't like that movie. Why that's did I see that one? I think that's generally, like, the one that people would say is is weaker if you're, like, giving a, a Paul Thomas Anderson rankings, I suppose. Yeah, but Boogie Nights is is supposed to be good. It's good. Yeah, yeah it's it's in the, uh, it's in, like, the all-time movies for me. If okay. I'm, like, if, if, if it's, like, pick out a, it's great. And also, okay. it's, it's it's crazy, you know, everyone in it is very good, and John C. Riley, you know, the cast is pretty wild. Who does John C. Riley actually play in the movie? He is also a porn star. Um, okay. Who be, be friends and then feels threatened by... Um, Mark Wahlberg's right success because he, he has a he does have a big penis in it right he does yes. yeah okay that's I, I knew a that. lot of his deal I would yeah. say his whole deal but it's pretty close <laughs> yeah it is a lot of it it is this is his performance in this is the closest he ever is to uh, Andy Samberg's impression of him on Saturday Night Live talking about <laughs> animals but that is a lot of what it is but it's a great cast it's good it is a uh, God I cannot imagine watching this movie with my parents. Oh yeah. God! Yeah, I, don't, how did that... I also can't imagine it because I remember it. <laughs> <laughs> I wish you wish you had to imagine it. I to wish know I it. had to imagine it. Craig. <laughs> yeah how how uncomfortable was that, Josh? Deeply, really uncomfortable. Yeah, I really. Yeah, it's it was, not it even was... just that it has sexual and explicit content. That it's the downtime is only also about that. It's like yeah, relationships right. circa porn. Yes, and it's it's not like glamorous, like it's not like a sex scene that's like campy or silly. It's not like the violence isn't like fun and exciting. It's like all it's just ab- bleak. It's like horny and sad. <laughs> it's it's, yeah. it's it is I don't know any how real but it just does feel grounded enough to be like is this an alone movie? Even like would I even watch this with like 
the person closest to me. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but I think very, very good. The idea of watching it with my wife feels like I don't want you to see what I see when I see this. <laughs> Does that make sense? Right. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't want you to see, like, what, what headspace this puts me into. <laughs> Oh, yeah. yeah. This is a rough one to watch someone watch. This would be a weird one to have someone watch you see for the first time. You ever, like, yeah. if, you're, if someone Ooh, shows you a movie and they're just like <laughs> looking at you, but they're like, <laughs> it, oh, she didn't laugh? Oh, I always laugh at that sad, sad part. But I think it's good. I just. I have, uh, I always want to animate these. That's like my goal with this is to, oh, to make yeah, a cartoon. Oh, yeah, that's a good idea. And I'm looking at this and I'm just like, penis moving velvet rope, like, might be what gets this on Hulu. <laughs> 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 I probably could have been clear about how the penis is moving the velvet I, rope. I, I, I wanted to leave it. it. Yeah. I wanted to leave it open to the director. Sure. It's good I to like leave people it, those choices. Hooking it and just like, <laughs> Flipping it off. Well, that, to, I think that's what I pictured. Was also. he circumcised in the movie? I don't know, I don't know Again, either because that's a whole the, different back visual. Back to the is Mark Wahlberg Jewish question. <laughs> that's true. Uh, we will get to the bottom of this. He uncircumcised himself as an adult. Mark, you. Did you borrow my soldering iron again? Yeah, I gotta put my foreskin back on, guy. <laughs> you know, I call it a five skin. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, I, no, I can't stop thinking about his schedule. Yes, you I'm were talking about with that. he would do sit ups at th- 4 a.m. or something like that. Emily, do you, you remember know the Mark Wahlberg's schedule? No. Yeah. Oh. Wait, have I never seen a Mark Wahlberg movie? I think I maybe haven't. I'm trying to think of what else, he, what he was in. The other the guys that you want to have seen with Will Ferrell? Nope. Nope. The, yeah, Departed is a good call. Um, I'm trying to think what, uh, The Town, was he in The Town? Probably. I, I feel so. like I haven't seen most of the, like, sad guys from Boston Shooter? movies. Aside think... from, like, Goodwill Hunting. He's, yeah. He's also in this very specific genre of movie that's, like, American hero is what I would call yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> But not <laughs> military. He's just Something's sort of like, uh, uh, like cops buff, are great. Buff for un- unusual reasons types. Yeah. 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 Like, it, like, imagine if you were a guy who thought he would have stopped 9-11 from happening. <laughs> <laughs> like all of his career what choices kind of since then, that will be what I... I believe that now. I, I'm just going to talk... That is what he is doing. Oh, so his schedule was this thing he'd post on like Twitter or Instagram or something that showed his schedule, and I pulled it up. Mark Wahlberg's oh, typical yes. daily schedule. 2.30 a.m. wake up. What? 2.45 yep. prayer. 3.15 breakfast. 3.40 to 5.15 workout. 5.30 post-workout meal. 6 a.m. shower. This is my favorite part. 7.30 a.m. golf. 8 o'clock snack. So he golfs he for a half for hour. Half an hour. I wonder if he just goes out and drives balls or something. Oh, in that yard. maybe yeah. Nine thirty a.m. Cryo chamber recovery. <laughs> Ten thirty snack. <laughs> eleven oh o'clock God. family. So it's like he's wait, just wait, wait. but eleven o'clock till when? Oh, to, to, to eleven o'clock is family time slash meetings slash work, and then at one o'clock lunch. Two o'clock meetings and work continue, but family have been like kicked out of the schedule. Oh my god! Pick up kids from school at three three thirty 
snack. Who is this family if not his kids? Well, yeah. No, 4 o'clock workout two, 5 p.m. second shower, 5.30 dinner, 7.30 bed. 7.30 going to bed. 7.30 going to bed. Because he has to wake up at 2.30 a.m. Why, why not shift all of that just a little bit? I guess if he wants to... There's a lot of stuff he wants to do before he starts working, I guess. But... I feel like he made this whole list just to put prayer time in an Instagram story. <laughs> it just feels like a long walk to get that particular thing. Or cryo chamber recovery. Yeah, dude, if I'm not in my chamber for like an hour every day, <laughs> I start getting real creepy. I'm reading his schedule and he just looks like someone who falls for every podcast ad. Mm-hmm. It's like, wow. like 2.30 a.m., get out of Casper mattress. 2.45 a.m., monthly box of curated oddity vegetables yeah. shows up to my door. 4.30, just any CBD product I can get my hands yeah. on. Yeah. 11.30 to 11.45, browse stamps.com. <laughs> Post-shower, put on me undies, go into meetings yeah. and work. Oh, oh here's... Man. Uh, why that whole thing made me feel like a loser. And it's not because it makes me feel unproductive because most of that is stuff that's really pointless. Mm-hmm. But it makes me feel like a loser because I totally do this kind of like scheduling shit. Like it makes me feel like a loser, both one for having this in common with Mark Wahlberg <laughs> that I'm like really into like process stuff and like routine stuff. But also my daily schedule starts at like 11 a.m. <laughs> that's fine. Right. Mark Wahlberg's already like, been up for eight and a half hours. He's in the cryo chamber when you're getting out of bed. He's well, already, okay. I don't he's count. Already, you think you're going to golf with Mark Wahlberg after 11 after You're going to play either hole? <laughs> you think he just hits it down to the green and then back to where he teed what? off from and he's like, golf. Just back and forth. <laughs> you wake it up at 11. That's what I'm spending time with my family, but not my kids. They're at school. <laughs> yeah, what the fuck is he talking about? That does sound like what he or- would call sex because he's very Christian. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's say- when he's... You know how he says it's family slash meeting slash, you know, work? I think that's when they're doing all of their, like, family meetings about the Wahlburgers franchise. <laughs> sure. sure. <laughs> I call up Donnie. We yeah. double dip. Family work meetings. Yeah. Dip. That's a triple dipper. <laughs> Ooh, write that down. That's a good burger. Write that down. <laughs> Tiny burgers, you dip into different things. And their brother that's the chef is like, what's a triple dipper? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, make it happen. <laughs> Triple dippers are such a bad idea in the COVID era. <laughs> you don't need people going back into a liquid. Yeah. I don't even single dip anymore. I eat my I eat my my corn chips dry. He is either the most or least paranoid person about COVID. I think we that would be a right. fair assessment about Mark right. Wahlberg. Fully he's unvaccinated, either, never worn a mask, or like, yeah, hasn't or he's seen just a person like, in person since. He had his cryo chamber expanded to live entirely inside of it throughout yeah. COVID. No, for a while, I was really putting the cry in cryo chamber. I was so working there. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, I just, he's, I feel, that's probably what he is with everything. I feel like he, it is either the thing he believes he is the foremost expert on or he denies it. Or he and just doesn't, doesn't give a circle. shit about it. It doesn't yeah. make it into family meetings. What a feeling to go through the world with. Yeah. Like, he, just like I'm, I'm amazing. I'm the best in the world at this. I don't care about that. 
Those are the two categories of things. I would have stopped nine yeah. eleven. I, w- <laughs> I w- it's better than him being like I would have let Oklahoma City still happen. <laughs> 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 like the guy, did you read his writing? I mean, it's, it's, you know, I've never seen someone use semicolons Asuasive. so properly. Persuasive. <laughs> he, he reads. He reads all the manifestos and judges them on their merits. You know, the Unabomber had some had some points. <laughs> Look, the older I get, the more I go see a movie. Like I saw the Batman movie, and I'm just. I, the bad guy. I agree with everything the bad guy does until there's six minutes left in the movie. Right, and then you're like, oh, you can't do that to a hospital. But, yeah, but, like, the bad guy in the Batman, I guess, is, is like, he like killing corrupt politicians, and I'm like, all right, you know, it's like, that guy's probably listening. doing more harm than this. It's literally, there's six or seven minutes left in the actual movie, and then I'm like, oh, he's, nah. You just he's lost me, a, Riddler. You just lost me. <laughs> you just yeah. lost me right now. Like, <laughs> this is going to take, because I'm just like, the people have to work overtime to fix his problems. And I'm like, this is just, they're going to mm-hmm. be tired. <laughs> I would have signed up for your MLM until then. <laughs> I know. Just, I mean, you, 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 you have no I do feel like ideas. it's not like a new thing to say that Batman is not like the most sympathetic hero, but it is like very true that like, for so long, he was just a rich guy who beat the shit out of like pickpockets and yeah. stuff. Like, why were we? Ev- why did we ever think that was a big enough social problem that we felt we needed his protection? I d- saw someone tweet something like, "Imagine jumping a turnstile in Gotham and you get your nose broken." <laughs> <laughs> well, there was. There's like a lot of. I feel like. They have to, within the world of Batman, be like, not everybody likes Batman. Some yeah. people yeah. think he's, like, kind of intense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's, kind of... he's, like, a little much. Batman's Instagram is, like, two four, 229, wake up. <laughs> <laughs> think for like... one minute about how I'm better than Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> family slash meeting slash Riddler. Family, family is crossed out because they're all Family is crossed out. That's more more time for meetings. <laughs> right, bad Yelp review for movie theater exit. <laughs> Why did they leave out the back of the movie theater? <laughs> I don't want to victim blame Batman's parents, but <laughs> I always forget that it was a movie. I always picture them as like having gone to a play, like an yeah, opera I, or something like that. I assumed it was the opera. Yeah. No, but in the first Batman, they were actually going to see that movie where the train comes at the screen. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Bruce Wayne got so terrified in the seven-second clip, they had to run out the side, and they got beaten down by a guy who with a, a loop and a stick. They ran out. From the literal train. <laughs> it's actually if he hadn't if he hadn't seen the bats when his parents were getting murdered, he would have become a train-based vigilante. Oh, he, That's he, he the conductor. And <laughs> <laughs> <In> his <laughs> his electricity-based friend, the semiconductor. <laughs> oh no, it's the third rail. <laughs> <laughs> That's his move when he doesn't kill yeah. bad guys. <laughs> <sighs> That'll show him. All right. We got a couple games we're going to play to wrap up here. Let me make, I got my, uh, the first game we're going to play is called Before and Afters. Before and Afters. (sighs) How this works, I'm going to write the time code down. I'm supposed to do that, I forgot.
How this game works is two movies have been smushed together into one movie. I will read you the smushed together plot. You have to tell me the smushed together title. Like before and afters on Wheel of Fortune. On Jeopardy. On Jeopardy, yes. Yeah. Um, so, for instance, we could do Boogie the Dark Nights or something mm-hmm. like that, right? Yeah. Uh, it could be one. Wolf of Wally Street, Fargo okay. is an example. Uh, they're not well done. Okay. So uh, it, they can be in any order. All those. Does that make sense? Okay. I'll, I'll start off with the easier ones yeah. and we'll get a little harder. And feel free to work together or. Okay. Um, yeah, let's okay. work together. Or viciously compete. Yes. Mm-hmm. That is my inclination. <laughs> Lots of times people want to work together until one of them gets one. And then no, no, no. Not me. <laughs> I just watched my husband and I just watched the entirety of Amy Schneider's run on Jeopardy. So mm. I'm ready for this. Okay. Okay. I love but those. You've also seen no movies. <laughs> yes. Also that. So I've this seen is no just movies. any of the trivia from the show I recently watched. <laughs> I like it when someone's really on a run on Jeopardy. It yeah. kind of feels like the only thing everyone's kind of happy about. It is the like. <laughs> yeah. One of the like existing vestiges of the American dream. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. And it's like you can when you watch the show, it's like the host is always like, Who people are watching Jeopardy? Wow. <laughs> I'm very excited about this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we watched them after it aired, so it was like we knew when it was gonna end and we knew right. when she was Spoilers. gonna win. I know. I mean, she won like 40 games and or she played 40 games, but um it was sort of like a little bit bleaker than I think it would have been if we were watching it live because every episode we watched, we were just introduced to two doomed people who had no idea they were like being fed into a wood chipper. Yeah. Just (laughs) ensigns on an away mission with uh, (laughs) captain Kirk. That was always a fun thing that Trebek was good at. We, during COVID watched a lot of the Jeopardy ones or the Netflix ones, Jeopardy episodes, Mm, but you know, it's like, this is series one and it's eight episodes. You're like, Oh, I know they lose in eight. Because yes. there would always be one person's run. But mm. by six or seven, Alex Trebek is like, uh, talks to the other, the two new people, and he's like, oh, good luck. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they think they're smart. That's why they're there. Yeah. Yeah. It is a whole other level of thing. I actually talked to someone who um, played Amy Schneider because um, I posted a screenshot and he, on Instagram and he was like, hey, that's me. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> oh, um, how did that feel? Like, very, very unlucky. And he was like, yeah, I would really love to come back because I do think I could win, like, a couple games if I wasn't up right. against one of the greatest of all time. Right. There's, like, three or four contestants who've been in, uh, like, a quarter of the show from massive <laughs> yeah. runs. And, like, if I just hadn't, you know, if, if I didn't play the Yankees in the 20s, I probably could have been good at baseball. <laughs> right. Right. Because it's not quite like they are smart. It's not a Harlem Globetrotters, Washington Generals. <laughs> They're all so much smarter than me. And I'm just like, buzz in faster. <laughs> Saying that the person falling asleep. I think a lot of it's the buzzing. It yeah. has to be. Yeah. Who I think the... increasingly. I learned recently that it's like kind of increasingly game theory based the way people attack Jeopardy. Because yeah. it used to just be like, I'll go from one to five because one's the smallest number and five's the largest. Yeah. <laughs> like, right. Now people are like gaming it a little who more. Who was not Ken Jennings, the, the the more recent one who had the really James long... Matt Amodio? Or... He's who sort of introduced the game theory stuff. James Holzhauer? Like, James Holzhauer, that's who it is. Because yeah. he would always start and just try and find the double. That was like his whole thing was to not yeah. let the opponents get the double because that's the most important thing. So he would, you'd, he'd be like, I'll do this one for four, this one for three, this one for five, and just be jumping. Yeah, and he also didn't jump want anyone to get in a knowledge rhythm. 
So I remember yes. watching a thing about him. He would just him. like switch categories. That stuff. sounds like a pickup artist strategy. Like, don't let her get into knowledge rhythm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to say that vibe is inconsistent with watching him play Jeopardy too. <laughs> you're watching him and you're like, this guy thinks he can do this with everything. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was weird that he had an old fashioned during the show, but <laughs> not out of character. Uh, okay, here we go. I'm hitting the button again. Before and after. Here's the smush together plot. You you tell me the smush together title. After a one night stand, a rising journalist decides to give an irresponsible slacker a chance to prove he is father material, and he uses the opportunity to carry their house away to South America via a bunch of balloons. Knocked up. But it's just up. <laughs> it's just up. It's knocked up yeah. with an exclamation point. That, oh, one, plays, okay. that one plays on paper. Okay. <laughs> you know, podcasts <laughs> on paper. All right. They're, they're going to get harder. I hope. The vice president must migrate south to avoid the freezing of the planet 20,000 years ago. Oh. Ice. It's Ice Age. It's is Ice one Age of them. and then something that ends in ice. Vice president. Vice president. Oh, vice age. Mm, There it is. There it is. Dick Cheney just trying to grab one acorn. (laughs) And Ray Romano's (laughs) there. (laughs) It is kind of (laughs) cute. I don't know why I was like, Ray Romano was in Vice. (laughs) That's the movie I assumed he was in. Oh, please. It's because Ray Romano notoriously friends with Dick Cheney. Yeah. <laughs> that movie really came and went and, and didn't get like sometimes it happens with the biopics. You know, they're either like the biggest Oscar winning thing or everyone's sort of like, wow. I, yeah. Well that was an Oliver Stone one, right? No, Adam McKay. Adam McKay. Oh. I don't like either of them as filmmakers. <laughs> <laughs> so that's tracks. <laughs> I mean it's maybe it's just that cadence of director's name. It's the same right. syllables, the same syllable, emphasis. Yeah. Yeah. I also think it's cheating to make a movie about things that everyone remembers. Right. Yeah. That seems to be what a lot of stuff is now, though. Yes. Well, I mean, a documentary is now just a bunch of footage of anything that happened. That's what the documentary (laughs) is. As long as it's eight hours and six hours too long, that's a documentary. We have no hindsight on it at all. Yeah. No perspective. (laughs) Just like, remember this? Like, yeah, it's still happening. I watched like a documentary on an airplane about like a half hour documentary about Legos. And it was interesting for like eight minutes. And then they were like, and then Legos got the copyright to Star Wars. And then they just talked about like what Lego's doing now. And they're like, Lego Star Wars pieces are for Star Wars. Sets. I was like, how that is this? Stinks. This is just this a is, Legos it's, commercial it's, now. It's, it's like if I, I read a Wikipedia page and then gave the presentation right after. Mm-hmm. And it was filmed. <laughs> but it is just everything that happens immediately. That CEO, there's the Hulu show about her. And that stuff just happened like six months ago. And there's already been a documentary about it. And there's going to be a movie about it. Yeah. Everyone is going to be, everyone has been, it used to be, everyone would be Winston Churchill in the same year. That guy has <laughs> yeah. been gone for a while. Now everyone is, is just being someone we just, I know what that person's, I follow them on Twitter. They shouldn't have three different mediums of consumption. Gary, Gary three Oldman, different actors. <laughs> Gary Oldman was Winston Churchill like two years ago, right? Because yeah. dads, dads need movies, like our dads, I guess grandpas. Like we talk about dad stuff still, like dad stuff, you know, uh, Fleetwood Mac. And it's like, nah, that's grandpa that's stuff. That's grandpa stuff. We are dad yeah. stuff. 
Yep. Yeah, but always that be like, that's, that's is, dad music, yeah. you know, for right. seventy-year-olds who are you retired know, right. at my house. I grew dad up in. music. Dad music is Radiohead. Yeah, I, I have to. My dad, dad called me. Death Cab for Cutie. Yeah, dad yeah. music is like even Pearl Jam is like older for dad music now. Dad music is Tupac. Right. <laughs> my dad, dad called music. me to let me know he watched a whole movie because he never ever does, and it was new. And he kept describing it to me. It was Pixels. It was the movie with the Adam, Adam Sandler, Sandler and Kevin movie. James. And he was like, I just watched a new movie. You'd think you'd be so proud of me. I watched the whole new movie. It was crazy. And I'm like, who's in? He's like, Adam Sandler. Because he knows Adam Sandler. He's like, and then the mall cop. Um, and then I don't remember anyone else. And there's like a bunch of other very famous people in it. But he and then he's just like, it was crazy. There's a giant Pac-Man. And I'm like, what are you talking about? So I Google it. And I'm like, was it called Pixels? And he goes, no, I don't think so. And then I just keep on the so I'm like, yes, it was Pig. I'm like on Comcast website, like, is Pixels on demand? Oh, God. But he loved it. He's like, it was just crazy. I don't know how they made that giant Pac-Man. I'm like, computers. It's like, oh, yeah. That's how they made the first Pac-Man. Like, <laughs> The first one wasn't real. Yeah. Have they ever made an analog Pac-Man? No, I don't think there's... <laughs> there's not Pac-Man. Pac-Man yeah. doesn't have a size. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but that's a really good point. I mean, I guess he's relative to the fruit that he eats. Right. I, he's Or is it big fruit? Pac-Man is the size of a hallway, basically. That's true. Oh, wow. Yeah, this but then important. the ghosts are smaller, which makes me think that they're not dead Pac-Man. They're a different species. I never that's even thought about what the ghosts Pac-Man. were. Yeah, yeah. Who, were they? Who, who were they when they were alive? How fucked There's... is it if they were dead Pac-Mans? I mean, I guess it would sort of like regular make ghost sense. Hunt people. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Pac-Man ghosts. Would I guess it's weird if he's like, it's a dog. <laughs> so, right, oh, that's that weirder than it being a Batman. <laughs> right. That one's the Lindbergh baby. Yeah. <laughs> it's, we really shouldn't have put Robin Williams' ghost in pixels. <laughs> I don't think we own the rights to this. Uh, okay. Get ready to play <laughs> Next one. Um, a writer becomes fascinated with the lavish lifestyle and past of the wealthy pollinating insect that he moved in next door to. This this one didn't read very well. Ooh, wait. A writer okay. becomes fascinated with the lavish lifestyle and past of the wealthy pollinating insect that he moved in next door to. A writer. That, so it's probably B-movie. Is it Bjarton Fink? <laughs> <laughs> no, but my favorite part about the game is the wrong ones that are like smushed together. Is it Bwali movie? <laughs> Wait, what are movies about writers who are obsessed with rich people? This feels like... The Talented Mr. Rippy? No, but I love that too. <laughs> this is how Mr. I come up with other Rippy ones. Movie? <laughs> Ripley? <laughs> B-movie Wait, will you, read it? will you read it again? A writer becomes fascinated with the lavish lifestyle and past of the wealthy pollinating insect that he moved in next door to. Oh, oh the, great the Great Gatsby, Gatsby movie. movie. Yeah. Okay, here we go. We have two more. I think they're getting increasingly hard to get. A beautiful princess with magical hair must escape the tower she has been locked in so she can defeat the evil CEO of Lecter Corp, a company that makes cigarettes, alcohol, and fast food. Tangled, but then it's like edge. 
What was that movie about? It can be any about? sort of order. A beautiful princess with magical oh. hair must escape right, the tower true. she has been locked right. in so she can defeat the evil CEO of Lecter Corp, a company that makes cigarettes, alcohol, and fast food. Isn't it that movie where it's like, thank you for not smoking? Or is that a different thing? I think it's a different that's, thing. That's a different movie, thank you, with the Aaron, Eck- the Aaron Eckhart. <laughs> yeah. Is this a fucking Batman thing? No. Okay. Wait, will you read it one more time? Sorry. People are screaming. A beautiful princess with magical hair must escape the tower she has been locked in so she can defeat the evil CEO of Lecter Corp, a company that makes cigarettes, alcohol, and fast food. This this other movie is one I just had to Google the plot to. Lecter Corp. I feel Wait. like it's one of those like idiocracy type movies. I will tell that- you if for a hint. Tangled is the second movie. Okay. Okay. So it's a movie that ends in Tang. Oh, Pootie Tangled? Oh, wow. Pootie. One of the few movies that ends in Tang. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's why I thought it, it might get us there. So it ends in Tang. <laughs> Dr. Strang. Dr. Dr. Strang. Strangled. <laughs> I think they call that Zodiac. <laughs> All right, we're moving on. Um, Please, Dr. Strangled was my father. Call me. <laughs> call me Pootie. <laughs> Pootie Strangled. Um, uh, this one, this one, no, this isn't good. This one won't work either. I tried oh, to find some new it. game I did. All right, this one's a new game. It doesn't have a song yet. This is a song. All right, this game is called, uh, what movie is this an anagram of? So how this works is I give you a category, and then I give you an anagram that I think, uh, so I, I put a movie title into the anagram robot. It spewed out anagrams. I picked the one that I think could also have closest to been a title for this movie. Okay. So okay. Uh, for for good Goodfellas, it could be Lads El Goof. That was a good <laughs> okay. one they had. Uh, Django funny. Unchained. There's Danged Ninja. Ouch. That one, okay. that, that one's pretty close. These are all Jim Carrey movies. I'll okay. give you a category. I tried it once without categories. That's it's vet, too hard. Yeah. <laughs> um, so these are Jim Carrey movies that have been anagrammed, and I picked the closest anagram. Okay. Okay. Number one. Cave nature. Ace Ventura. Ace Ventura. Ooh, that's good. Mm-hmm. Number two. Human worst. Truman Show. Yes. Wow, you're so good at that. (laughs) All right, our last one. This one doesn't make it. A Bugler Mythic. Oh, wait. He's been in so many movies. What's that one about the theater? The Majestic. The Majestic? Mm -hmm. No G. Sometimes this helps. A Bugler Mythic. Oh, a bugler mythic. For people listening, I yeah. oh, spells Ithaca. Um, I wrote it down so they could see it. People say the circular is oh, a good yeah. way to solve anagrams. Because you can kind of cross pollinate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is it the cable guy? It is not the cable guy. Oh, wait. Um, what are some other Jim Carrey movies? Liar. It's not Liar Liar. It's not Liar Liar. It's not Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> I yep. put Liar Liar in and it was like Lair Lair. I'm like, that one would probably be pretty easy uh, right. to, to get right. down. It's not Sonic the Hedgehog. It's not it's Sonic not, the Hedgehog. Um, it's not the number 23. 
Oh wait, is it um, Bruce Almighty? Bruce or... Almighty. There it is. Yes. Oh wow, that's good. I need celebration music. That's it. That's it for the anagram game. That takes too wow. long. Wow. Um, our final game that we're gonna play today is called Guess What Movie trailer kyle's dad is describing having only watched the trailer and never having <laughs> even heard of the movie okay. okay 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 oh wow guess what movie trailer okay. kyle's okay. dad is describing okay. having only watched the trailer okay. and never okay. having heard of wow. the movie game how this game works is my dad watches a movie trailer writes down what happens in that movie trailer and then reads back what he's written down. Mm -hmm. So it can be any movie ever. It's important to remember, like I said, pixels is the only movie from this century. I would say my dad has seen all the way through. So he doesn't, doesn't know actors, doesn't know a lot of, a lot of things like that. Let me go ahead and pull it up here. Um, Okay. Here we go. Okay. She's got headphones on. She's in a field. It's all static. The author won a Pulitzer Prize. Putting the headphones back on. Some quick shots of Earth. Now some helicopters are flying in. Contact. Holy crap, it is contact. (gasps) Wow. (laughs) Wow, I was going to guess don't look up. Oh, wow. Oh, sure. Oh, wow. What What gave it away? The information, I guess. Pulitzer Prize plus space plus female protagonist. Wow. Great yeah. job. Let me see. Well, Thank you. Let me see if I can find another. Yeah, I'll do one more. Since we got that one so quick, we'll do one more. I'm bad at knowing things, great at guessing things. That's a good that's way to go through life, I think. I'm stupid and intuitive. <laughs> that's, that sounds great. Okay. I think I'm the same way. It's going to be beautiful. <laughs> He's giving a speech. I recognize this guy. They're kissing on rocks. Oh my God, what happened to him? <laughs> what Wait, dreams may come. He got sucked into a cave. It's one of those things she might have heard about. She went home, Palm Springs. now she's still there. It is Palm Springs. Wow. Yes. Wow. Okay. This is the greatest, most successful round of this game that has ever existed. <laughs> and also, wow, what a classic way to describe Andy Samberg is. Oh, hey, I know that guy. Yeah, there's no way he knows his name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but he, I think my dad watched SNL sometimes. Yeah. Oh, wow. What He's a, in the Corona guessing. commercials with Snoop Dogg now? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's where he knows him. My dad knows Martha Stewart just as a friend of Snoop Dogg. <laughs> Your dad's been kind of a Snoop-centric right. entertainment cosmos. D- and he only knows Snoop from the halftime show. So it's been a very weird, like, <laughs> he's reading the book backwards type of situation. There was definitely a while where it was, like, the only musicians that my parents knew, like, the new ones, were all just whoever had been on SNL. Sure. Yeah. I was like, you're the ones who this is for, kind of. Right. Mm-hmm. Your parents are like, really into like- Greta Van Fleet. Yeah, they were like, I guess we love the Arcade Fire. I guess. <laughs> we don't know where else to find new bands. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, hey, that's it for us. Emily, thank you for being here and having oh never seen Boogie Nights. Thank you for having me. Uh, Josh, thank you for being here and having seen Boogie Nights. Thank you for having me. This was a pleasure. If either of you have anything you want to let people know about, this would be a, a good time to to let them know about that. Mm-hmm. Oh, you go first, Josh. I have to think of one. Jesus and Marrow is back on Showtime Thursday nights at 11. I work on that television show. I'm not just a fan, although I am also <laughs> a fan. Um, 
And I'm doing some stand-up coming up a little bit here and there, mostly here, but occasionally there. Uh, and joshgondelman.com is where you can find that information. Um, season three of Barry's coming out. It's probably oh, out yeah. by now, so by hyped. the time you're hearing this. Um, you can follow me at Mr. Emily Heller. I'm not promoting any of my own personal projects, so I don't know why you would do that. But uh, I'm trying to actively become less and less... Um, not- notable. So don't follow me. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's great. Yeah. Um, thank follow you. Follow other people so that they have relatively more followers than I do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're just trying to skew the numbers up that way. Yeah. How did Biden get eighty-one million? The least counties. <laughs> the least <laughs> counties. It's because of Emily. It's because of me. <laughs> the Emily, Emily Heller the folks dilution she'd ever got. factor. Yeah. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening to the podcast. I hope you have a wonderful day. That is it for us. Thank you, everybody, so much for listening to Never Seen It with Kyle Ayers. I'm your host, Kyle Ayers. Never Seen It is a product, I think that's the phrase, of Starburns Audio. It is produced by Rebecca Steinberg, Ali Niku, and myself, Kyle Ayers. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you have a wonderful day. Find us on YouTube. Find us, find us on whatever you like to use. Starbands Audio, a podcast, <clears throat> a podcast network.